365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Riordan. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store. Welcome to episode 42. We're just over a year in <laughs> on the podcast. We have listeners in 70 countries and we made an announcement about that in recent days. Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, how do you feel about that? I find it slightly bizarre. I find it exceptionally bizarre when I meet people and they not only listen to what I say, but they tell me that they're actually doing it. That's terrifying. Slightly, yeah. <laughs> how are you? I'm very good. You want to start with Sweden? Yes, um, in the news this week, um, Sweden just went ahead and announced that they've made a six-hour working day. I think that is incredible. Well, what I think is really good is that they didn't debate it for two years. They just did it, unlike a lot of other European countries. Um, their predominant reason for doing it is to give people more family time. Um, they realise that people can't work productively for more than six hours a day. And the kind of bonus sort of I suppose side to it is is what they're saying is that if you come in and you work well and you're not um, faffing around on social media and everything else and you're actually working during your time well we're happy for you to go home and spend the time with your family and do whatever else you want to do outside of that time um, and they obviously don't have um, a huge emphasis on homework either <laughs> so <laughs> really they, fancy that yeah so they might actually get to spend some family time together rather than just sitting around doing what should have been done in school are you still dealing with children plagued by hours of homework here? It's don't get me on the topic again. Okay, let's do your clear. Yeah. It's fascinating really because you look at the UK government, they recently made an announcement about an announcement's announcement. So they issue the press release two years before they do anything and there was Sweden, they just did it and tell the world. I love that. Well, it means that people didn't get endlessly worked up and endlessly debate topics. Um, I, I know there's an element that, yes, you you're kind of putting your hands in the government and you're assuming that the decisions they make are for the greater good. Whereas in maybe in other countries, the, the idea is, is that there's more of a democracy and people get to talk about things more. But when they actually go ahead and they do something good, that's great. We were asked for some advice by a client in Australia recently about diplomacy and dealing with an ambassador. And it was great to be able to give them some tips. But to bring it back to Sweden, we have both been working in blocks of time for seven years now. Do you think it has been beneficial? Hugely. But I'd like to roll this back. A couple of months ago, I don't know what article it was or where it was, I read an article that said the people are becoming stupider because they believe everything they read on social media. Why would they do that? Well, people don't necessarily have either a questioning mind or they haven't done years in research like I have. And so they haven't been trained to have a questioning mind. And so I can understand why a lot of people read a lot of articles on the web and think that's the best way to go about things. Um, and one of the interesting topics is that every day I see an article on how to be successful and how to be very produ productive um, in work. And There's a lot of them every day from all these different online news generators. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And... What I think is that it's been driven by a very small percentage of people with a certain type of routine and that we are sort of being sort of shoved into thinking that their way of working, the hours that they get up, the hours they work, um, 
the ways that they meditate, what they eat, how they exercise, the type of exercise they do. Everything about their routine is what we should be doing. And if you look even geographically, you cannot get out of bed at the same time in different parts of the world because the sunlight hours change. And it doesn't make sense for you to actually get up before sunrise. Are you talking about the San Francisco Bay Area bubble? Really? Well, well, let's face it, they're, they're predominant people who post on social media and who a lot of articles are re- written by. So uh, a couple of podcasts ago, I did cover how famous, successful people um, live their lives. And I'd like to go back to that again. And I'd like to just sort of point out some of the commonalities because I've, I've, I've studied it again recently. So do you have more patterns for us? Yeah. So, for instance, um, yes, they, they don't work very many hours a day and they work in blocks of time. They nearly all go to bed before midnight, but not necessarily. Now, there is some benefits for certain people health-wise in going to bed before 12 o'clock at night, right? And again, that depends on sunlight hours. So I'm assuming that it's not 24-hour light where you are. Um, they all walk for up to one to two hours a day in a solitary way and it gives them think time. They all socialise as many hours as they work um, and they stop for all meals, breakfast, lunch and dinner, and they quite often eat all of those meals socially. Um, They quite often do peripheral work to their real work that they really care about and that peripheral work gives them inspiration for what they really want to be working on. Can you give us an example? um, They'll quite often do teaching. Oh, right, okay. Um, something like that. They'll they'll teach in their subject. Or peripheral. almost like philanthropy or volunteering or doing something on the side. Kind yeah, of thing. But, but it will be something that will give them access to what they care about and, and allow them to generate more ideas for themselves. So, for instance, uh, Mozart did a huge amount of music lessons, partly because he had to sustain himself as well. Right, okay, okay I get it. Thank you. Okay. Um, and interestingly, here's the one that I would really question um, that we've Ooh. lost or we've lost in society is that they all write letters. And I mean, write a huge amount. They will sit down and write a letter daily. They will tack up thousands of letters over the years and they will quite often have had a confidant that they'll have written to and got feedback from and who's also written to them daily. And that's a pattern that I see. And I think we've actually lost it. I'm not sure that people write emails every day to somebody and get a reply in the same way. It brings me on to something, reminds me of last month, I spoke at a national conference, you were there, it was an amazing experience, and I would have written my thank you letters and used the seal and the lovely stationery from Vienna and all of that, and I got feedback afterwards from the president of one of the organisations that they were so impressed by one of the letters, one of the three letters that I wrote, that it was opened in the mayor's office in the presence of the mayor of the city. Slightly over the top. That was a little OTT. Yeah, but I, I guess people just... But it maybe it just has an impact these days when in this world of email and messaging and chat and where's the reality? Well, I just, I just don't think people write enough letters, but it's not just the fact that you've batted out a letter and that you've written. It's the fact that these people have had people in their sphere that they can really talk to and really debate topics with and really um, get a resolution from. Um, and I'm not sure. I, I know that we do a certain amount of talking on the phone sometimes. People do that and they might not do it daily. But I'm not sure it's the same as sitting down and writing a letter. And I covered that in an episode before as well when I talked about Frances Dalto and the fact that she always got people to write into the radio stations. Yeah, she had just a huge impact really. And, and 
I remember you speaking about this in earlier episodes and it wasn't that it, she felt that if you'd written it down, you'd have solved the issue yourself. Yes. So it's in, and I suppose writing a letter to a person, uh, people that you trust over a sustained period of time, it gives you that resolution to sit down and write about what, what's on your mind daily and what you're observing, what you're seeing. But then an added benefit is that you're actually getting something back from that person. And I'm not sure we do, we get that in society now. So here's a follow-on to this that just kind of popped into my head because, sure, the podcast is now being listened to in 70 countries at the moment. And this podcast is sponsored by 365 Success App, which has now become one of the most successful journaling apps in the App Store. It's in a top 1,000 app now. And the feedback we're getting from our customers in America, in Europe and Oceania and those three continents is it is giving them a pattern and an outlet to almost force them to write in a journal every day. Yeah, there, there's a big emphasis for me on the tasks that I set that, it, that it, they do have to do practical tasks. It's not something where I just spot an idea at you. You, you know, you have to do something with it. So it's very strategic. Yes. <laughs> what isn't with you, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so moving on from that, I, I think we'll make this episode slightly longer and keep going. Um, intentions versus resolutions. Okay, so we're four months into the year. Everybody sets resolutions in January and they never keep them. Why is that? Why is that? Well, because usually the resolutions are quite far-fetched they're everything that you sit down and you think oh that's all wrong with my life you know <laughs> yeah. yeah they're they're pretty big right so um they're probably things that you wrote down last year and you didn't change last year they're probably things you wrote down five years ago and you didn't change them then either um you know they're big things like you know get skinny um do massive amounts of exercise go on a diet you know these are the sort of things like you know the trigger happy put them down compulsory almost <laughs> yeah um take up some massive new interest if you I, I think it's quite interesting right there's certain people that we work with that it's really good for them to set intentions okay and they're very good at bringing into their sphere consciously what it is that they, they want in their life um but in doing that they will also be very observant and they'll keep an eye out for the signs that this might actually be happening and that they'll actually snatch on to the opportunities. So we have like certain percentage of people that we work with that do that. Um, we have other people that we work with, and I do this with a lot of my younger students, is that I get them to set goals. But I get them to set goals across specific areas of their life and I get them to set goals weekly, monthly and yearly. Okay. And I get them then to break down how they're going to go about that goal. And they don't have to be huge. Like it can be, you know, to read a particular book, um, to watch a particular film, to try to do better in maths this month in the test, um, you know, to, um, to try to progress in sport and get onto such and such a level of, of, of a team. So they're quite achievable goals and you've kind of broken them down in time scales so they are the problem when we set resolutions in January is we never have a time scale we never set them practically and they're not particularly they're not intentions of something for you to set out there for you to look for to create an opportunity for yourself and they're not a goal specifically either with with a plan of action and a strategic plan on how you're going to get there and how long it's going to take you to get there you know, um, it's like, it's useless to write, I'm, I'm going to read more books this year. <laughs> right, okay. What are you going to read? 
quantify it. Yeah. What, what, what are you going to read? How many books are you going to try and read a month or a week? Um, when are you going to read them? Um, what, what are you going, what needs to change in your life that's going to allow you to read more books? Do you actually need to make a decision to turn off the television and only watch an hour of it at night? Um, you know, so those are the differences in why resolutions never work. And a lot of people think, oh, it's just because I don't have willpower. It's nothing to do with willpower. It's because you haven't actually decided, quantified what it is you're going to do. And you don't understand the difference between goals and intentions and the fact that resolutions are kind of, you know, yeah, I want to change my life. <laughs> in recent weeks, I dived into some of the French films that you've been suggesting to students, and it was fascinating. It was a great journey, and thank you very much. Why do you recommend so many French films to students? Um, quite often they're studying French, and it's a really good way for them to learn the language um, because they're very auditory and kinesthetic and they can really feel something. Um, I really like the way a number of French directors actually really get teenagers and the depths, and it's quite... it's. Um, it's like I don't recommend self-help books and personal development books. I don't like those. I think there's a great benefit to finding yourself in a fictional character. And French films allow people to process really big issues quite often, but in a fictional character sense. So we won't see you writing a self-help personal development book anytime soon? Never. Oh, never? Never. Interesting. This time of the year, students coming up towards exams. What's the general mood out there? Stress. Um, lo trying to lock themselves in their way in their bedroom and think that if they work hours and hours and hours that it's going to magically make it better when it's not. I'm not a, f I'm not a fan of um, hard work. I'm not a fan of strategic, efficient work. That's episode 42. Thank you, Nisha, for being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening in 70 countries and can't wait to see what 71 will be. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. 365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Riordan. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store.